0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Shit Your Shrink Thinks.
1: I see a little silhouette of a man. Scaramouche, Scaramouche, will you do the fandango? Thunderbolt and lightning, very, very frightening me. Galileo, 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 Galileo.
0: Figaro Magnifico! I'm just a poor boy. Nobody loves me. He's just a poor boy from a poor family. Spare him his life from this monstrosity. <laughs> <laughs> this is for us. We, 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 we just had, wanted to sing it. We had to do this. Last time, Michaela said she was editing the video games podcast and yes. was listening to our Dova Keen, which was horrid, <laughs> but like horridly, hilariously awful. Uh, she said she was playing it, what, to your husband's gamer friends? They yeah, were they listening. overheard it. Yeah. They were like, what has what happened is that? to my ears? <laughs> I would like it to not be happening. Don't do that again.
1: <laughs> so I did it again.
0: <laughs> i'm gonna play this again wait wait no check this out though (laughs) they're like this is non-consensual i did not not want this in my ears thank you (laughs)
1: Uh, oh gosh yeah
0: so we needed something this week that we wanted to sing and that we knew some of the words for so right
1: yeah instead of making up words we actually knew the words there's a
0: band that actually just makes up words their songs it's called cigar rose and they just it's all nonsense words i thought it was swedish (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> do they do that like every time mm-hmm. like so every time they do a show they're just singing different lyrics
0: i think they're just making up the same nonsense like i think it's the same nonsense words okay for shows hey don't quote me on this that would be my I mean, system part of the fun part about shows i think for artists
1: is hearing the audience sing their song yeah so like if every time you sang <laughs> something different
0: like the audience could never sing along <laughs> that's a good point hey guys welcome back <laughs> this yes, is our, our podcast
1: no
0: <laughs> oh my lands! we on. have a podcast it's called shit your shrink things we talk about things the two shrinks you are listening to think about mental health coping skills we give you a couple of tangents about our own lives yep. and we also give you the real deal on what trying these skills really looks like for people yeah so
1: welcome aboard yeah welcome to the Sometimes Hot Mess Express. Yeah. (laughs) Toot toot, motherfucker.
0: (laughs) So as you might remember, we do have an Instagram, a Facebook, and we also have a Patreon. So if you're liking what we are doing, try to find us at www.patreon.com forward slash shit Your Shrink Things. Feel free to contribute to the tip jar. We do also have some higher levels of engagement, which involve meditations and handouts Again, more the more folks we get, the more we'll be able to post on there. So yeah. support us. Yeah, support us so we can expand that area. That'd be yeah. awesome. Yeah, or reach out to us on Gmail, which is shityourshrinkthings at gmail.com. We've really been liking hearing from you all.
1: Yeah, it's really cool. And we love having ideas for episodes.
0: I think that's helpful. Oh, yeah, that has been helpful. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: And we do have a Twitter, too. That was one thing. Oh, I yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. S-Y. Shit your shrink. S Y S T. S no S Y S T yeah yeah
1: but if you write shit your shrink thinks it'll pop up I'm pretty sure
0: nice yeah so you can find us it's under the same name on pretty much all of our yeah social Facebook medias. is shiitake yep. That's the difference. Because they don't like curse words. They don't. Oh, my God. Yeah. We were trying to advertise on Instagram the other day, and they didn't like curse words. I was like, come
1: on. This is our name. This is the name. It's not even a
0: curse word at this point.
1: Just a bodily movement.
0: Yes. exactly. (laughs) Everybody poops. So what is good with you this week?
1: This week, I wanted to share another example of healthy masculinity.
0: Ooh. You know I
1: like that. Yeah. So example uh one is gomez adams I from the adams, the adams family i love the adams family seriously yes. yes and he's such a good example yes. of like healthy masculinity yes. and like he really loves and adores his wife he's also very horny <laughs> for his wife you know like he doesn't like look at her like some just the mother of my child like yeah he like he's like you are amazing yeah you're beautiful yes he adores I'm- her Ma-ma. and loves her and he like just treats her he never disrespects her And he just respects women in general. Like, with his brother, he tells her... Like, he tells him to admire and treat her like the most sublime person on the earth oh and he like embodies that in all of his little shows
0: cute i love that i like it when he kisses up morticia's arm yes my sweet my precious i love it and he
1: doesn't have issues showing love he always like hugs his brother and hugs the kids and he gives them space to be their own people Mm -hmm. and he also has his own place for processing emotions Mm. like he goes down and plays like trains and talks to uh the thing
0: Oh, yeah, The Thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, he goes and
1: plays his little trains and talks to things and processes
0: emotions. Like, that's cute.
1: Yeah. So I was like, I'll, mm, that's a good example.
0: I I enjoyed <laughs> enjoy that a lot. It's funny that you say that. I actually sent a meme to somebody else to express how I was doing this week. And it was Morticia Adams, which said, you know, I want what every modern woman wants. I want time I've with my family. I want time with my kids. <laughs> I want to do my hobbies. But sometimes I just wish I had more time to join the Dark Crusades and yes. support the Dark lord <laughs> yes <laughs> and I, I was like yeah that's, i've seen that i
1: love that that feels
0: right that to me. feels valid yeah <laughs> i'm
1: pretty sure he his response to her is something very supportive like you'll you'll get it we'll make time or something i can't remember oh, but i'm pretty sure cute? he's super validating and supportive
0: the other end of that yeah Aww. Maybe that would be a fun Halloween costume to be That would be. The Adams family. That would be. Oh, how cute. I should I need to get back into that. I love that what's good. Thank you so much for that. That was yeah. that was very enjoyable for me. How about you? What's your what's good? My what's good is that the city that I live in put on a music festival for oh. the first time this y- ever. <laughs> I was Summer? gonna say this year. Since, maybe since the COVID. Yeah, but well, I think they had never done a music festival before. Like an actual Kind of like a Lollapalooza or an oh, Austin well City Limits. Well, they kind of always did like a jazzy thing. Not that, yeah, like a more indie music okay. festival. Like a music festival. Do you got, know? It, got it, got it, uh, I maybe. think we're
1: maybe. <laughs> I'm just like thinking maybe- there's live music. You're thinking like a full festival with stage changes. Yes, yes, Got yes, you, yes.
0: got you. <laughs> <laughs> This is like a very different. We're like having like a rural or ur- urban conversation. You're like, oh yeah, there's a festival every year. We like, we do we do turkey legs and fried cheese and shit, and then yeah. uh, Bob from down the street plays on the stage. No, that's not what I mean. I get what you're saying now. <laughs> yeah, no, I. So they actually put on a, a real live music festival. And it was really good. I went, Yay. I was really impressed. There was a couple of bands that played that I was enjoying. I uh, I saw, I think probably the best was Band of Forces. They were really good live, mm. and I enjoyed that a lot. And I got to, you know, I'm, I got to sit down in my chair. People watch and judge people, and then also (laughs) hear music and look up at the stars. While I was doing it, it was the perfect situation. Yeah, (laughs) never. I was just so in my zone right there with that. Yeah, you needed that space, and it.
1: I mean, you're kind of engaging too in that that freedom-seeking adventure side. Exactly.
0: So it was like really consistent with. I got out. It was a day night. It was fun time, and. I was able to just do something that felt very much like me. And it also reminded me of the power of music in my life. Uh,
1: Yeah. And
0: I sometimes forget about how important music is to me and how much it modifies my mood. Yep. And uh, it was a good reminder to get back into that and just really focus on it. So that's my what's good this week. I
1: love that. Yeah. I think a lot of us forget about the importance of music and how helpful it can be, I feel like.
0: Well, it's one of the last things, I mean, I know this is kind of dark, but if you have a dementia, it's one of the last things that goes away as something yeah. that you recognize and understand. because yeah, that can help bring people back. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's embedded so deeply, is yeah. this connection to music. And so I think it's something not to take lightly. No. Well, and if you
1: think about t- even with children, that's often one of the best ways to help teach them different skills or tasks is mm-hmm.
0: making it to a tune or to a song. Absolutely. You're... it consolidates memories and even hospitals now they're realizing that music therapy is so important and they're Mm -hmm. actually hiring music therapists i mean that's something that would have been unheard of 20 or 30 years ago people would have been like nah you crackpot yeah exactly (laughs) and
1: they were, we're, oh oh wait okay actually valid yeah it's like oh wait this person can't remember anything but now they can sit out on a piano and play this you know beautiful
0: song this is why we have chosen to sing you sweet sweet lullabies <laughs> when you enter into our podcast not oh really Lord. we really weren't thinking like that we no. just wanted to sing together it and just felt right at yeah. the time and it's not we've not dropped the ball <laughs> it was something that started organically but we can say that it was for your health it's you for your health yes so this week we're going to be doing something a little different we're going to go somewhat more heavy on the psychological jargon Because we're going to be going over and discussing something called a mental status exam or an MSE. That's what we call it in practice. So buckle up for some psychobabble. You can impress your friends with all this (laughs) smart talk. Yes. (laughs) So first, what is a mental status exam and why is it something that therapists use and take note of? A mental status exam or an MSE is a structured assessment
1: of a client's behavioral and cognitive functioning. What are they doing? What are they thinking? Right. It includes descriptors of the client's appearance and general behavior, level of consciousness, attentiveness, motor and speech activity, mood and affect, thought and perception, attitude and insight, cognitive abilities, and can even include
0: the reaction they invoke in the provider. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> this, it's- uh, another way I've heard it called, it's just kind of behavioral observations. Right. A lot of it is just what you are witnessing in that moment with the person in front of you. It's different than getting somebody's self-report. Yeah. Right. Somebody's self-report is just what they are experiencing in their internal landscape. This is what you are seeing. Right. This is what you are observing. Mm-hmm. So some of the assessment is done through asking questions, but a lot is through some unstructured observations and that's made during the session.
1: Right, and the way in which a client discusses their struggles is what often reveals to us what we're looking for. So, a good clinician is not only absorbing the information that the client is providing, but also assessing their MSC through their descriptors and the way
0: they're providing that information. Right, right. For example, if you you have an MSC process going on, I could be one patient, and I'm saying to my therapist, "Yeah." Really anxious. I just uh, don't get too much sleep, but I'm saying it really calmly mm-hmm. and I don't appear to be having any reaction and I'm just really chill looking. And then maybe Michaela is telling her therapist, Yeah, I'm really anxious and uh, I never sleep and uh, I just can't seem to wind down, right? Those right. are two different mental status exams. An examiner is going to look at one person, see how they say what they've said and interpret something out of that that gives you information that's part of a mental status exam is a person two different people are telling you the same thing that's what they look like in front of you telling you that information yeah and while some aspects of a
1: person's history remain static which means unchanging the mental status of an individual is very dynamic, which means changing. Yes. So that's why we need to do this every session. It's a way to kind of gauge and track our client's progress and or deterioration. Oh
0: yeah. This is <laughs> I, re- I remember that was such an important thing when I worked on a community living center with mm, older yeah. adults. You would, this was one of the ways we ended up as uh, psychologists, social workers, we ended up seeing patients more frequently and getting to know them better than maybe a physician might just because they, they were rounding less frequently mm-hmm. and spending less uh, periods of time with the patient. And so our mental status exams were often used to determine, hey, is this person experiencing a delirious episode? Yeah. For example, you know, we already know that they have something like dementia, but is this really out of the average for them? And then we go back and look at our mental status exams and be able to say, yeah, you know, let's say Miss Smith does always struggle with memory. Mm-hmm. She, but we know based on mental status that she's always pretty with it in terms of, you know, reporting her family history. And when yeah, she can't long-term. do that, sure. all of a sudden, then we know something is different. So yeah, it's important to include mental status every time because it gives us a track record. And it's also important because it just gives us a
1: picture of our client's life and functioning. It allows us to make sound diagnosis, figure out what follow-ups need to be, and formulate the type of treatment that's going to be most effective for this client. Again, if they're having certain type of memory or cognitive issues, then that cancels out certain types of treatments that we can yeah. provide yes it does so we have to <laughs> yes, it we does. have to be able to assess this and and take it into consideration as we are
0: figuring out follow-ups as we figure out you know maybe referrals mm-hmm. all that jazz absolutely so what is all assessed in a mental status exam and what does that entail so there is some variability in how a mental status exam is structured between some clinicians do some things, others add or subtract things from this, uh, and different employers might have you focus on different aspects, but these are things that globally could be included in a mental status exam.
1: Right. And we're going to kind of break down
0: each of these a little bit further, but we're just going to read the list out first. Right. <laughs> so what they look like, their general appearance, their psychomotor behavior, which means they're Uh, what their body is doing yeah movement so uh we'll tell you more about that but just what they're moving like their level of consciousness so how you know
1: aware and awake are they Mm -hmm. their orientation so that's more the awareness what
0: person place, time attitude that's an easy one yeah (laughs) (laughs) mood and affect so affect is how they're demonstrating their mood what does their face look like right their speech and their thought process and then their thought content as well Whether they are suicidal or homicidal, their insight and judgment, and their attention span and memory. So we'll go into that a little more. Right. The first one is general appearance. So, what sort of things are we looking for there? So, this
1: looks into their age, their clothes, their grooming and hygiene, their facial expression, their eye contact. So, does the person appear to be younger or older than their chronological age? Is their clothing appropriate to their age, to the session, to the setting, to the occasion, to the season? Are their clothes clean, meticulous, worn down? Are they put on properly, carefully, or carelessly? Does the person appear clean, dirty, unbathed? Again, are they are they super meticulous with how things are put together like super well manicured? Do they have an odor? You know, do they have like press you know, sweaty smell or alcohol cigarettes cologne? Also note whether the person appears kind of Sad, perplexed, worried, fearful. I mean, you can kind of look into that as well within this general appearance. And then their eye contact. So are they making indirect eye contact? Are they fixed? Like, they're like just glaring at you, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Is it fleeting? Are they kind of darting and avoidant? Are they vigilant? Like are they looking around the room anxiously? Mm -hmm. Or are they just making some good eye contact where it's appropriate and it feels
0: comfortable? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I remember when I first heard this list in grad school, this general appearance list, I thought, whoa, how is ever how am I gonna get- So much to know? (laughs) Yeah, how am I gonna get all of that all at once and write it all down and remember it all? But it really becomes after you have done this for a couple of years this is so second nature i feel like i could walk into a room and tell you every every one of these things about right, the person without really I. thinking much about it yeah it's like
1: oh yeah this was it like i don't actually have to consciously make note it's like after they leave i'm just like
0: yep 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 tick 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 you just become so practiced at it over time and you start to connect what those appearance things mean mm-hmm. to clinical outcomes right and it helps you to log that away easier. So it's, you know, if I smell cigarettes and the person's hands are shaking, their legs bouncing, and they're disheveled, this this relates to a certain set of clinical outcomes yeah. and What's going on for them? Aka- Cognitively, emotionally. Yeah. 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 So it's just easier for me to pick up on over time. But at first, that list is pretty overwhelming. It is. It's like, oh my God, that's a lot of things to be looking at. Yeah, y'all are doing all that and trying to do therapy? Yes, we are. Yeah. Yes, we and are. It gets more complex. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's harder than it looks.
1: <laughs> the next one is psychomotor behavior. So tell us a little about that, Sunny.
0: So this is just any kind of gait, and gait means the way that they're walking the type of movements they have, how fast or slow they're moving, their posture and coordination. So are they walking really fast, really slow, or maybe they're shuffling, or maybe they're dancing or skipping. Yeah, right. I mean, lots of different things could be happening with their movements. And a lot of times, I mean, movements can be prognostic of medical issues, Yeah. but they can also be, you know, addiction, for example, you notice if somebody's kind of uh, imbalanced and mm-hmm. kind of This might be somebody who drinks a lot and you wouldn't be able to tell otherwise, but you notice they're kind of wobbly down the hall Yeah, yeah. and you, oh, okay, I pick up on that. Maybe you are drunk right now. And (laughs) that happens more than you'd think, people. Yeah. Uh, Do they have any kind of facial tics, uh, twitches, foot tapping, hand wringing, any mannerisms like uh, nail biting or chewing movements? There's a lot of different options. Are they, how's their posture, right? So are they slouch or are they kind of... Uh, sloping inwards are they overly erect this gives a clue as to their internal state Mm -hmm. physically and emotionally and are their movements really restless hyperactive slower agitated clumsy or agile it just gives you a full profile and you can kind of see if somebody's in pain or not
1: yeah definitely with that you can recognize the pain by the way they're moving Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah the next one that we have is level of consciousness And so this is just how awake and alert do they seem? Are they vigilant? (laughs) Are they actually just alert and awake? Are they drowsy and lethargic? Are they falling asleep? Like legit, are they falling asleep on you? Because it's happened. (laughs) (laughs) Are they confused? Are they fluctuating? You know, sometimes it's like they're like, engaged and then they're falling asleep
0: you know like <laughs> i read a chart recently that said something like patient was somnolent upon interview which basically means like this person was literally falling asleep on me <laughs> <laughs> i find that a lot of these uh MSc, mental status exams when they're written in charts are almost written to very professionally say something that yes. is Kind of buck wild. Yes. So it's, you know, patient was fully naked and falling asleep at the same time and then shouted upon awakening. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's like, how do I find a professional way? A mental status exam is basically the professional way to say the crazy ass stuff that you're seeing with that your you eyeballs. Observe. Yeah. <laughs> like, again, they, yeah, they may report something, but observation
1: wise was a whole whole another ball of wax right
0: i mean <laughs> i mean i remember when i had one time a person come in who was i think on meth probably and was yelling about angels and devians and brandishing a weapon oh, and so the mental status exam there was patient's speech was pressured appeared to be engaging with stimuli that were neither seen nor heard by other staff members right <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. carrying a weapon at the time was unable to be soothed by providers right you say yeah in this yeah very professional way but what it really is is dude bust it up this in here off the train. <laughs> like the kool-aid man with a knife <laughs> high as hell <laughs> but we need to say it in a specific way for the charts so this is the way to do that right we also take note of orientation as Michaela said so do they know their full name do they know where they are the floor the building the country city state do they know today's date Often people will put the level of consciousness and orientation together. So you might see it documented as alert and oriented times three or times four, depending on the setting. Right. And that just means that they, they know where they are, who they are. This is the most basic level. Right. If it, some
1: Yeah. If somebody's coming in pretty normal, then uh-huh. they're alert and oriented
0: times three or four. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, usually you will see when somebody has an episode of delirium, like they are cognitively impaired due to something like an infection or mm-hmm. hydrocephalus, or whatever, then that's when you're going to see these orientation struggles. Off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> one time, I, a lot of times you'll say, "Okay, who's the president?" And they'll be like Reagan. <laughs> and you, in that moment, you understand hmm, something. Something is not right. Right, said Madame Clarice, in the night. <laughs> <laughs> the next then is their attitude.
1: So this is how they're presenting and engaging with you, the provider. Are they being cooperative? Are they hostile? Are they being open (laughs) or secretive or evasive? Mm -hmm. Are they acting suspicious? Are they easily distracted? Are they really like focused and just, you know, intense? Or are they withdrawn? Playful. You know, sometimes they're
0: like playful and over familiar, which is also a little awkward sometimes. That one is weird. (laughs) Where where you meet somebody for the first time and they come up and touch you and they're like, hey, girl, so good to see you. Yes. It's like, (laughs) what? Whoa. Oh. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I never know what to do with that one I'm like oh, oh hey, hey yeah like the people who are evasive and like avoid I'm like I got you I can crack this egg but yes. when they're like <laughs> yeah they're like touching you yeah, like, How's like, your whoa, week? Whoa.
0: <laughs> like I don't I don't know you yeah. you're not my mom <laughs> it does it does kind of weird me out as a provider when somebody's really overly familiar yeah I, I never know what to do with that hostile I can work with I know isn't that horrible <laughs> I can, it's like you can be super aggressive and mean I got you yeah yeah <laughs> I don't want to be here and I hate you and I'm like yeah, I don't want to be here, and I hate you also. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, cool. All right, we're best friends. Yeah. Did we just become best friends? <laughs> <laughs> want to do karate in the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you want to do karate together? Yeah. Uh, we also check into somebody's mood and affect. So this is how they would describe their current mood personally, what they would say, mm-hmm. and then versus how you observe it right so if Michaela says to me yeah I'm really depressed right those are two totally different things her self-report is that her mood is depressed right my observation of her affect might be euthymic meaning that this person actually seems pretty upbeat for right. their report of depression right so you could say that that would be an inconsistent report of mood versus affect for example yeah Are they saying they're sad, depressed, or anxious? Uh, Are their facial expressions congruent with their mood? And what are their descriptors of the affect? So like what you're observing, you could say euthymic. You could say dysphoric, which is they're not satisfied. They could be detached, elated, anxious. Uh, A lot of times I will use phrases such as restricted. So Mm -hmm. their facial expressions are – not their face is not very expressive or blunted. They just don't have – much at all or flat none or labile meaning they're all over the board yeah they're all over the place those are the ones i tend to use most frequently yeah okay, yeah just say agreed. or i'll say consistent or inconsistent i don't give a whole lot of i'm kind of a boob when it comes to this i'll write just enough for myself to know and then <laughs> because i also feel like we're judging people's like oh Moods.
1: what yeah yeah
0: you said this but i think this so right. i'll just say some descriptors but i try to stay neutral fair yeah, yeah.
1: That, those are generally where I'm. Yeah, it's either euthymic or you're, you know, congruent or one of the other. Yeah, the label flat. Right. <laughs> Blunted, exactly. Restricted. Yeah. 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 And then we also take note of their speech. So that is their rate, their flow, their clarity, the intensity of volume, and the quality. <laughs> are they yelling <laughs> at your speech? face? Right. <laughs>
0: Yeah, as quickly as possible. Yeah, does
1: their speech seem pressured, which is talking that really quickly where it's like hard to interrupt. So pressured speech is something
0: like this and you're telling as many things as you can.
1: Yeah, it's pressured speech. And then you can also just have slowed or delayed speech. It could be normal. There could also be like some poverty of speech where they don't really elaborate on their responses or they're kind of like
0: struggling with coming up with the words. Yeah, so... You might ask them how they feel, and they would say, um, um, not good. <laughs> right, right. That would be poverty of speech. They're not even
1: really using an emotion. Right. And then are they talking about things that are relevant and clear? Are they hesitant, expansive, rambling, halting, stuttering, mumbling, incoherent? Yeah. Are they slurring? Are there long pauses? Do they seem forgetful? I mean- there's so many different ways to assess that speech. And again, are they speaking loudly, softly? Are they whispering? Are they literally yelling in your face? <laughs> are they monotone?
0: Yes. Are they talking
1: like this without <laughs> any voice inflection?
0: You can do a mental status exam on your families when you get to family gatherings. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and see how different they are between different people. Their patterns of speech.
1: And then are they even responding to like the questions asked or offering other information or are they, you know, like really verbose and over-detailed or repetitive?
0: Like Mm -hmm. all of that can be within their speech assessment. Yeah, very true. Very true. The next thing that we check out is thought process. So this is whether it's logical, whether they are staying relevant on topic, how organized they are when they speak, like can you track what they are thinking? the flow of what they're thinking and whether it's coherent in general so you might say yeah okay their thought process is linear it's goal oriented or you might say nope it's incoherent or evasive or slow or right there might have perseveration which means they keep coming back to the same topic over and over again right what is circumstantial
1: So then circumstantial is maybe when they're focusing on irrelevant details or kind of talking in circles. So an example might be you ask how old their relative was whom recently died in an accident, and instead they talk at length about accidents or how many people have died in accidents And eventually, at the end of the story, they'll say how old the person was.
0: Or maybe they never say. (laughs) Or maybe not, yeah. (laughs) A lot of times they never say. (laughs) Tangential thoughts is when the train of thought and response totally misses the mark. And you're just talking about something kind of random off just in space somewhere. So I really got mad as I was waiting in the line at the grocery store. I cannot stand in lines, waiting and waiting. I waited for a long time to get my driver's license. Driving these days is just so crazy. It's like... Where are we going right, with right. this, man?
1: <laughs> on to the next, on to the next, on to the next. Like you can see the connections made. Mm-hmm. Again, it's a tangent, it's like an offshoot, but it's yes. a distant offshoot. Uh, <laughs> and it doesn't tend to come back to the topic ever.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And each of these things, thought processes, like a perseverative thought process will predict a certain set of clinical issues. A circumstantial process will predict a different set of clinical issues. So, why we're observing this is it relates to then what we're diagnosing. Exactly. Right. And then the treatment. This is why the observation is so important because you don't want just somebody's self report. You want a lot of points of data. If we can lay eyes on you, it's going to give more points of data. Because a lot of people, they, God, I love people. Also, people are not good historians no. always of what is happening. Right. And it's our job to try to be as helpful as possible and to observe and see if we can add any information to that. I mean, I'm not always a good historian of right. my own experience always. I, I mean,
1: think about how, you know, people tend to struggle with their own insight. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's, hard to, yeah, it's hard to see yourself the way that you are being
0: observed by yeah. other people a lot of times. <laughs> exactly. So this just ends in Lends another data point. Right. There's also a thought process called flight of ideas. Now, what is that one?
1: (laughs) So that's when you're skipping from one topic to another topic in like fragmented, often rapid fashion. So... You might deliver a 10-minute monologue during which you jump from talking about your childhood to your favorite advertisement to the moment you had distorted body image to some political ideology and then concluding with a rant about your favorite flower. (laughs)
0: Like just (laughs) all over the board. (laughs) You as a therapist just hold on to your butt. like (laughs) You're just along for the ride like this is wild. That's how it will feel on the other side. So it would be something like, my mom is very sweet, but she's always getting angry at me. I never get angry because I love everyone, but only my dog loves me. Dog are man's best friend. Friends begin become enemies. The man is the enemy of the nation. Just just bananas down. Yeah. which is great. Honestly, no Sometimes shade. It's, yeah. It's actually pretty It's kind funny. of fun. Yeah. yeah. Like, all right. Yeah. The man is the enemy, first of all. Right. Yeah. There's <laughs> things we are
1: like, yeah, I can get behind that. I can get behind
0: that. Yeah. A different kind of thought pattern is loose associations so there's really not a lot like you can't with the previous ones you could kind of follow right there's some connection sort of yeah Yeah. where someone's going but with this one there's just not a lot of connection so an example might be i went to the farmer's market i should take walks more often it's a nice day i should have chocolate right just like no no connection what are we doing and that one's fun too that one's fun <laughs> too. That one's, I really like that one. That one's also my own brain right now. Sometimes, yeah. These yeah. associations. <laughs> my husband will literally ask me, What made you think of that? And before, before the sleep deprived status, I could be like, Here's where I got this, this. from. And now it's like, "Wheel." I don't, I don't know. know. That just flew in out <laughs> of left field.
1: We also have blocking. So, what's that? That's when you have a sudden interruption of thought or speech. So they might be discussing childhood abuse with their therapist, and then they just stop speaking midway through the sentence.
0: Mm-hmm. And then when the therapist
1: asks them to continue, they may
0: respond like they completely forgot what they were going to say. Mm-hmm. There's another one too called Oh man, people with some people with learning disorders in adulthood do this too. Yeah. Like folks with ADHD. It's not <laughs> not just kids. <laughs> this yeah, one's yeah. called echolalia. I think that's, I think how, that's you say how you it. pronounce it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So this is just, it's echoing. It's parroting things back. So it's normal in kids under the age of five, but it might be a sign of Tourette's or other disorders in children, just FYI, if it's done too much. But for example, if you ask somebody, do you want a cookie? And they say, cookie, cookie, cookie. And you're like, okay, so that's echolalia.
1: Right. Instead of just being like, yes, I would love a cookie. It's Mm -hmm. cookie. (laughs) Or you ask them a question and they just, again, they like
0: repeat back that question. They say the question to you again. Yeah. Yeah. Word salad is potentially my favorite one of all time. Yeah. (laughs) Tell me what word Word salad is. Word salad is
1: when you have a mixture of words and phrases that lack any comprehensive meaning or coherence.
0: Yeah. So I joke about that my (laughs) my daily
1: ramblings are a word salad. (laughs) Oh, yes. We all get there sometimes. But here's an example. Because it makes a twirl in life, my box is broken. Help me, blue elephant. Isn't lettuce brave? I like electrons. Hello, please. (laughs)
0: Like just, what? (laughs) These these words have come together and we know the individual meaning of these words, but put together, they mean literally nothing. Correct. Which is, you know, again, also a fun ride to go on. (laughs) It can be. It can be. So the final one uh, thought process is a clang association. And this is just instead of a person's thinking and speech being directed based upon meaning, it's based upon sound and rhythm and rhyming. Right. So for an example, many moldy mushrooms merge out of mildewy mud on Mondays. I heard the bell. Well, hell, then I fell. Here she comes with a cat. Catch a rat match. Right, you're yeah. just saying things. is just, just we're rhyming. Rhyme. Yeah. We're doing some rhyming right now. <laughs> you become Doctor
1: Seuss. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> so
1: then, the next part of an MSE is their thought content. So, is their thought content consistent with reality? So, again, is there rhyming? Are there puns? Is there some compulsions or obsessions? Is there some phobias that they're expressing? Are there some preoccupations where they keep coming back to? Are things pretty concrete? So that means, like, are they really literal and rigid in their thinking? Are there some delusions, mm-hmm. right? Are there some mm-hmm. persistent false beliefs, like some grandeur or some persecution? Mm-hmm. And you can check to see, like, are they talking about hallucinations? You know, is there some auditory or visual stuff going on that is not being seen is there some ideas of reference Mm -hmm. so that is an incorrect interpretation of casual incidents and seeing those external events as being directed towards yourself so seeing people laugh off in the distance and you think they're laughing about you right right Uh, depersonalization so again where you're feeling like you're outside of your body or you're observing your you know thoughts feelings and body are there some paranoid thoughts are there some homicidal thoughts are Mm -hmm. there some suicidal thoughts Mm -hmm. what are we thinking yeah these are all just kind of like what's kind of the basis of their thought content
0: yes and just along with that we do always obviously assess whether somebody is suicidal or homicidal that's something we always put in a mental status exam right we also look at somebody's insight and judgment so this is something that is a big thing i I would say that all of us are really focused on this actually as practitioners because Mm -hmm. we have to decide how to move somebody around in these positions. So how aware is somebody of their own struggle and how do they understand their struggle that they're facing? Like what level of insight do they have into the causes of the struggle and how to change it? So is there a complete denial that there's any struggle at all and that they have anything that they could do about the struggle Do they recognize there's a problem, but do they put blame elsewhere? Do they have some emotional and intellectual awareness? Just are they connecting the dots here? Um, And how motivated is this person to change?
1: Yeah. And how are they with making decisions and engaging in appropriate behaviors? Do they engage in pretty impulsive behaviors? Or are they able to come up with appropriate conclusions? Do they make pretty unrealistic decisions? Uh, Often we just
0: kind of rate these as like poor, fair, adequate, or good like each of right. these right we say yeah good insight meaning they're connecting they're the dots. got it yeah, yeah they know they know what's going on or poor insight would be i went drunk driving crashed my car and have to go to rehab but everyone else is the problem correct that would be poor insight right we also look at somebody's attention span and memory is the person paying attention staying on topic or do they appear to have some trouble with that and their memory we just say whether the attention is sufficient, deficient, or easily distractible, if they have short span of attention, poor or adequate concentration, etc. And then we talk about whether their memory was poor or average for recent events, last few days, last few hours. And we can sometimes assess for remote memory also, depending on the type of mental status exam you're right. doing
1: basically we're just trying to see are there any deficits in their short term or long term memory when it comes to the memory aspect and again the attention span are they are they staying on task
0: <laughs> yes yes absolutely and these things again Michaela talked about but they change based on the type of setting you're in so mine When I've worked in neuropsychological settings, when there is a traumatic brain injury involved or dementia, Mm -hmm. or if I'm on a hospital floor assessing somebody after a car accident, the mental status exam tends to be, I remember we focused a lot more on, you know, what is their thinking pattern like? How is their memory? How is their attention? How's their concentration? And their speech, like those neurological things, we weren't as worried about like, maybe like, Always emotional reports or always right. affective reports, unless there was a stroke. I guess in that case, it would just be they would have a lot of um, emotional ability post stroke, but you'd be focusing more on those like really concrete things. Whereas now, when I work in a therapy setting, I'm focused a lot more on like judgment, insight, right? Affect, appearance, that sort of stuff. So it just kind of changes based on the setting, I would say. Yeah. And uh, yeah, again, it, it really depends
1: on. What kind of clientele you're working with, where what setting you're in? Mm-hmm. there's different places where you again you need to focus on different aspects. when you're in a dementia unit, when you're in mm-hmm. you know a, a accident air unit or whatever, mm-hmm. or when you're in like an inpatient psychiatric unit, I mean all these Very things different. You're going to be really
0: honing in on different parts of this MSE a little harder, right? Uh, I would imagine if you were like an FBI profiler, this would be your bread and butter, right? This oh, would yeah. be the whole thing you're doing all day. It's just a really expansive, intensive MSE or forensics. Yeah. So if you are doing disability determinations or yes. determinations for releasing somebody from prison, etc., I'm assuming these MSEs are really, really something you hone exactly. in exactly. Yeah. Again, because especially in those situations. What they
1: report doesn't always align with what you observe very and what you observe
0: is the part that's going to be the safety of Eh. themselves or others (laughs) (laughs) oh no oh no aisha help me never let me work in those settings i'm not i'm not equipped for that oh god (laughs) Uh, yeah i
1: remember doing some of those jazzes (laughs) yeah i bet you're like
0: uh patient says not homicidal but gripping pen and breaking things over people's heads suggest otherwise (laughs) right yeah yeah it's like uh, yeah no i don't think you're quite ready (laughs) yet. <laughs>
1: nice try, though.
0: <laughs> so what are we going to try for outside of podcast experiments based on what we got here? I will admit
1: there are times where I can get a little bit lax on doing my full MSE mm-hmm. assessment in sessions, especially when it's when someone who I've been working with for a while and they generally stay within, like, normative ranges. I don't always, mm-hmm. like, super pay mm-hmm. a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. But there are some people who I probably should keep a closer eye on. And I even then sometimes just with how, you know, overwhelmed and overworked I am that I don't always like dig in. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to try to take a little more time this week and make sure that I'm fully assessing my clients. Yeah. MSC.
0: Yeah. I totally agree with that. I can just look more at – what am I picking up on? Because my – I wouldn't say I – I don't write all of this exactly out. Right. Same. But I am, like, deeply aware of it. I would actually say it's one is my biggest things that I have awareness of is what the person is actually – what I'm actually observing in the session. So just to flesh that out a little bit more mentally, like – have the process be a little less automatic and just think about it more okay what am I actually seeing here what would I actually call these things etc just so just to get a review of what am I doing so that I could teach it to other people which is kind of it's just good to check in on those processes right yeah uh, when you've been doing it for a while sometimes
1: yeah you're you're just doing it so much unconsciously yeah Yeah, we need to check back in and make sure we're putting a little more conscious effort into it sometimes.
0: Yeah, it's like that thing I talked about a long time ago where I could just tell if somebody's lying very quickly. (laughs) And I think what I'm really just doing is a mental status exam. Fair. Like a really quick mental status exam in person. I'm like, okay, face inconsistent with posture, inconsistent with report, terminator analyzing. And then it's like, (laughs) I know you're lying, right? So that's probably all that is but i'm just gonna watch that that's fair you know i just realized we didn't we didn't do that the i homework. had that exact same thought what did we try for our outside of podcast experiment last week
1: i was supposed to play a Wii and monitor my mood and i didn't do it and i had plenty of time so there we are <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's that. there
1: we are <laughs> uh, no real excuses it just <laughs> didn't happen
0: no excuses play like a champion <laughs> yeah how did you do I did it. I played Elden Ring. I yeah. noticed how it affected my mood, and I also played Mario Kart, and I noticed Ooh. how that affected my mood. And so I had like a little uh, controlled experiment where Elden Ring, I just was playing solo, and Mario Kart, I was playing online with a couple of friends, and Mario Kart was better. I can validate the okay. the in-person uh, experimental results of Mario Kart improving your mood. So it's cool. I get very competitive. And, uh, <laughs> I can see that. Let me just say, first of all, that, uh, the people I was playing online were it with. If you were listening right now, that was bullshit. Were <laughs> <laughs> they throwing turtle shells? <laughs> <laughs> well, what was happening, I think, is that, so I hadn't played on my switch before really and so th- i didn't have all the special cars that i needed to be faster everybody mm. else had these special cars so no matter what i did i would always get like a maximum of fourth place and i was like okay listen i'm not wiping out at all i'm using these shells like a gang member like i'm like assassinating people with these <laughs> shells like i don't understand how i'm not winning what's going on here and then i like and i just kept racing and being like i guess i'm just bad at this and then i realized <laughs> later that they had special cars i was like okay this is cheap shot this is horseshit right here is what this is and then it's uh, like when yeah. people glitch or whatever basically oh. like cheating oh that makes me so mad hey i don't mind losing and i had like kind of accepted i was like well I guess i just lose you know and then it dawned upon me later after like pretty much after we we're done playing i was like you assholes! I was playing with this, like, total beater car. I had no idea that there were different options. You're driving with, like, a gremlin and they have, like, a Mustang. Yeah! I was like, well, no wonder you're winning the race. Me and my little derby car racing with, like, three flats. Just uh, Side note, I also found out there was a character on it called... You know how there's Peach yeah. in Mario? Uh, there is a character called Cat Peach. What? <laughs> right. This should have been my what's good, which is Peach... Dressed up as a cat. So it was basically... It's like a Catwoman Peach? It's like a furry. <laughs> oh. Oh, my. And All I, right. I was... I realized that I there was a, a character called Cat Peach, and now I am forever Cat Peach. I like that. And when that something happens me. that is good, I yell Cat Peach. So... <laughs> peach <laughs> god <laughs> i kind of started yelling it outside of mario kart 2 to no one in particular i yell cat peach i dig it i dig it so that's where i'm at i did the homework i good noticed job. that elden ring solo wasn't as good and i got frustrated with it. it didn't improve my mood as much mario kart with others and a little competition fun got a story learned about cat peach Dig it. I get that. I right. dig it. So well, at some... least
1: one of us did our homework.
0: Yeah, there was <laughs> Well, I my homework was to play video games, so that was easy enough. Yeah.
1: Whereas again, mine is, was too, and that's not something I do. So that was like meh <laughs>
0: exactly. I'm not gonna do this. <laughs> Who are we kidding? <laughs> right. Ah, uh, silly. So do you have a joke for me? I do. This one made me think of you. Are you oh, ready? God. Okay. <laughs> Michaela, I was gonna take up meditation, but you know why I didn't? Why? I didn't want to sit around all day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, that hits yeah. me deep. Yeah, yeah. I saw that one. And I was like, yep, that's Oh. <laughs> uh,
1: I've got a couple. My doctor asked me if any of my family members suffered from mental illness.
0: Mm. I said, no, they all seem to enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> We're not suffering at all. <laughs> We're quite good at this, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Skilled. that's a that thing of like do you struggle with this no, yeah do you I'm struggle with
1: anxiety no i'm really good at it
0: <laughs> i like that one uh,
1: i was at a job interview the other day and they asked if i could perform under pressure okay i said no not very well but i can try bohemian rhapsody
0: i had to use it dun, since dun, 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 we did this dun, song dun, dun, dun. yeah <laughs> Ice Ice Baby? No, just kidding. Under pressure. (laughs) They're the same. Pressure down on me. Pushing down. Okay, this is like what we were talking about before the podcast. We were both just like, okay, there are a lot of things going on right now in both of our lives, and we just need some tasty, tasty treats, like some sort of pellets to help us get us through this time of good things happening so that we can keep going. We That under pressure is like, I feel... Accurate. what's actually happening yes. right now yes <laughs> we need the pellets of good to keep us motivated come on pellets please help that's that's what my homework really is is to pray to the gods and goddesses for, <laughs> for more pellets of good for assistance yeah <laughs> please lift this big weight off yeah thank you exactly Anyway, guys, well, thank you so much for tuning into our pod today. That was Mental Status Exams. And we are looking forward to seeing you next week. Yeah. Hope you guys have a great week. Thanks. Bye. Bye.